Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostess, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. All right, everyone, welcome back. I am sitting in Nashville and sitting in another, like one of my favorite Instagram homes. And I can't believe she's selling it and moving and I would very much like to buy it, but that's okay. I am sitting with Elsie Larson, who is an incredible creator. She is a mom. She is just a bright, honestly, like for years I followed you and you're just like a bright, colorful human. And I'm so excited to talk to you about a couple, a couple really cool things that you're up to. Thank you. I'm so excited for you to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad this worked out. But tell us, like, who are you? What is, like, your thing? How did this all come to be? Because you're now, like, you've got a pretty strong social media following. This is, like, your job as a creator. But also, you know, you do a lot of other cool stuff, too. So I'd love for you to kind of tell your story a little bit. Cool. Thanks. Um, okay, so I'm Elsie Larson. I am an OG blogger. I've been blogging 13 years mm-hmm. at a abeautifulmess.com. We've written over 7,000 blog posts, which is just like pure what? insanity, right? <gasps> yeah. So counted, we've been doing wild. that all these years. And um, I also am a co-founder of a few apps. The first one is A Color Story, which mm-hmm. I co-founded with my sister, Emma Chapman. And then the next two are Film and Template, which we co-founded also with Zoe Sug from Zoella and a design kit. So we have our own little app family I have three as well. of those apps. Oh. Literally three of them. Anyways, go on. I have to get you the new one okay. um, after the store. And I'm mom of two. You're a mom two of two. Two children adopted from China. How was, like, I fe- I've actually never talked to an adoptive mom on my podcast yet. So this is, I don't think so. Wow. Not that I remember. But it feels so confusing and scary what can you talk about in terms of your experience through adoption and, you know, your girls are so unique and they're so beautiful and it's it's created such a cool conversation and a, and a sidebar to everything else that you're doing. I feel like 
You're just, your children are so bright and so lovely. It's honestly a joy watching them grow. But I know that adoption isn't like this, always a perfect story. And, you know, coming right back into like your original blog title, like a beautiful mess. How has the experience of adoption been for you? I mean, yeah, it's definitely both. It's definitely messy and difficult. Just like all parenting journeys, you know, Mm -hmm. you're going to have some of the lowest moments of your entire life. But it's also been by far the most beautiful thing I've ever done in my life and such a magical, fulfilling way to become a mom Um, because I've only been a mom now for a little over two years and and we already have two children, which is just crazy. It yeah. is crazy. And how how are they? What are their ages now? Tell tell us about them because like, yes. you guys got to see these little girls. They're so cute. Oh, thank you. Our daughter Nova is four and our daughter Marigold just turned two. And yeah, they're both adopted from China. They're from different parts of the country, different regions, but they both have albinism. So they look very similar because they mm-hmm. both have like the white hair and very white skin. And so a lot of people think that they're biological sisters just because their characteristics mm-hmm. are so similar. Have you found, like I know now that we live in a day of society where so much is being normalized, so many different like conditions and stuff like that too, but albinism has historically been so misconstrued in so many different cultures and things like that. Do you know what their experience would have been growing up in China? Is it like, is it something that's still looked down upon? Because it's like, you look at them and they're so, like they've got this like white blonde hair and this beautiful porcelain skin. Like they are so stunning. But it's it's strange for me because I've heard that in many cultures, it's really looked down upon. Yeah, that's still a thing in a lot of parts of the world. And I don't feel comfortable speaking for China just because like I'm not Chinese Fair, and like, I don't yeah. live there. But I do think that it's a far less diverse country than the U.S., obviously. So in that respect, I think it would be much easier for them to grow up here, you know, in a place where there's just more different types of people visually around you all the time. Yeah, that's so true. And how long was the process of adoption for you guys? So our first adoption was 18 months and okay. that's kind of what it was supposed to be. It was it felt very long. It was my first um time to become a mom and I was crying every day and I oh, was I so imagine. ready like from the first month I was like I hope, you know, it goes faster than normal and then it didn't. And then our second adoption happened very quickly like we got matched um, before our dossier sent, which is like only a couple months after we had started the process. It was oh, wow. kind of bizarre um, how fast it went. And I think that our agency chose to match us with our second daughter because they just, I think that they saw her and they just knew she was the perfect sister for Nova. Yes. And so they kind of matched us for that reason. And just not as many families put albinism on there, there's a special needs checklist in the China program that you have to check and just not as many families checked it. Yeah. So that also helped us to just be very quick. So yeah, it was very shocking. And that's how we adopted two kids in two years because that's not normal. That's not normal. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen a couple stories that do, like I have one family that I follow and she's got three biological children and they kind of opened their hearts up to adoption. And it was like two weeks later, all of a sudden they had this little baby Whoa. boy. And I was like, what? But it was like in their area. 
just something. They really felt like God was calling them to like adoption. And it was like so immediate. I, I might be misquoting. Maybe it was like eight weeks, but it was really soon. Wow. And now she just shared again that they had somebody ask them basically if they'd be open to it. And now they're adopting another child. And I'm just like, this is wild because we hear so many different stories, but it, it they are very, very different. And it isn't always like, I've heard like really years long of a process and some seem really quick. So it's kind of nice to hear that that's not necessarily, it's not a cookie cutter system. Definitely not. Yeah. Every adoption story is so different. Even like with our two stories, they had almost nothing in common. It's super Mm -hmm. unpredictable. And yeah, it can be a really long wait, but it can also be like, I'm not even ready and I'm doing this anyway. So... All right, friends, let's take a pause to talk about my favorite lately, this protein bar. Oh my gosh, I bring it everywhere with me. I have a case of them in my car now. We are talking about Go Macro, one of today's sponsors as well. But honestly, I wouldn't be talking about them if I didn't think they were the absolute best and I'm not kidding when I say I actually have a case of them in my car and I bring them in my purse. In my, I have them everywhere because they're so good. There's something about the texture of them that is just out of this world. It's like a brownie. It's like indulgent. It's so good. The flavors are all incredible. I've tried as many as I possibly can so far, having about one a day, and I have yet to be disappointed. But this is really exciting because they have just released their newest macro bar flavor, double chocolate and peanut butter chips, which if you know me is my absolute favorite combination of all time. So their mouthwatering new flavor blends protein rich peanuts, fair trade vegan chocolate, creamy organic peanut butter, and their very own house-made peanut butter chips. And just when you thought it couldn't get any better, they toss in a handful of their delicious chocolate chips too. All macro bars are made from simple, high quality ingredients. They're certified organic, vegan, gluten-free, kosher, non-GMO, clean, raw, and soy-free. And here's the best part. You can get your hands on Go Macro's new double chocolate and peanut butter chip macro bar by going to gomacro.com. That's G-O-M-A-C-R-O.com and using promo code papaya for 30% off plus free shipping. I can sit here and describe these bars to you all day long, but I'm telling you they're incredible. It's been one of my favorite new discoveries of 2020. I'm loving them and I am truly eating them every single day. And I want you to kind of get in on that too, mostly just so we can talk about it. But go and head over to gomacro.com. Use that promo code papaya. You're going to get 30% off plus free shipping. How great. Okay, let's get back to the show. Hi, I'm Shanae Alexander, host of Press Send, a podcast and more importantly, a safe and hilarious place for candid conversations about the scary, funny, heartbreaking, but always intriguing questions that make us all human. Each week, me and a new best friend you haven't met yet field your questions across any and all topics and offer our take on the matter with plenty of humor, heart, and badassery along the way. We launch a new episode of Press Send every Wednesday. We'll see you there. I think there's so much around parenting and motherhood and they talk about like getting ready and like what to, there's books like what to expect and all of these things, but there, there's nothing that can truly prepare you for what it is and what it feels like. And it can be isolating. It can be rewarding. It can be frustrating. And it is like, all of it is so valid, but there is 
nothing that can truly prepare you for that. And so mm-hmm. I think it's like that is like one shared experience across like motherhood is like it doesn't matter how they come to be with you. It is so unpredictable. I remember with my first, I thought I was a rock star parent. I thought she was sleeping through the night like four Gosh. weeks old. And I was like, I literally should be writing novels about this. Like I <laughs> oh know gosh. what I'm doing. I'm so good at this. And then my second came and just like schooled me. And she still is. She's 11 years old now. And she's humbly reminding me that I have no idea what the heck I'm doing. And that's kind of like the ride of parenthood is that it's so different. I definitely relate with that experience. Yes. Are the girls very similar in personality? Do you see them in differences? I think they're going to be pretty opposite, but it feels a little soon to tell. You you never know. Sometimes like I remember with obviously the one I just talked about, she was so sassy, like straight from the beginning. Like I remember diarying her in the womb that she was sassy and she remains that way. And the other two are like so chill. And she just was always that. Like I, I could see it in her as a baby and like it's gone all the way up with her. And I love it. Like I love how strong-willed she is as much as like raising a strong-willed child is like mm-hmm. kind of hectic. It's also really cool. But I want to come back to like the conversation of adoption because we're coming into an age where like infertility is really at a high. Mm-hmm. It is scary for a lot of people, especially when we watch shows like Handmaid's Tale and they kind of like, <laughs> it is strangely written in the 80s, but it does kind of capitalize on that fear of fertility is something that is not guaranteed. And it is really fleeting. It can be really messy for a lot of people. It can, I had a girl on my podcast share, like she was with her high school sweetheart in their 20s, got married, ready to have a baby, did not expect having years of journeys of injections and you know, so many tests and so many unanswered questions and so much pain and so much isolation in this whole process. They just gave birth to a baby last week. So that was like a really nice ending for them. But doesn't negate that like they had such a process to get there. And I think like for a lot of people, it's like that, well, you can always adopt. But for some people, that is their first choice. And some people are really scared of adoption. And I think it comes down to like this basic fear of, Like, what if I don't bond? Or the fact that like, you know, your first daughter, you adopted at 18 months. There's a lot of fear and I feel almost misinformation. Absolutely. The process of it. And I feel like we all think adoption is so beautiful, but it's still hard to mentally get there for so many. I'd love for you to kind of share your heart of like how it really was like that bond, that creation of it. And even if it was a struggle, I think that that's so valid too, because people give birth and struggle with bonding. Like that's, it's all very valid and there's no shame around it. But I know a lot of people might be thinking about it. it might be their first option. It might be their last resort. I don't know. But I love normalizing conversations around things like that. Mm -hmm. So I'd love for you to share your experience. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I don't know that I struggled with infertility or not. Like I'm one of those people that we didn't try for very long or very Mm -hmm. hard. We never went to any special treatments or Mm -hmm. we just didn't go down that path. We tried to get pregnant briefly and we had always assumed we would adopt and have biological children. And when we didn't, become pregnant we were like oh well we'll just adopt and it wasn't like an emotional or like heart-wrenching decision for me at all and then as soon as we kind of committed ourselves to adopting I suddenly was like you know what I only want to adopt because I really feel like a connection with this process even before we had done it I just knew it was like our soul 
path mm-hmm. to becoming parents. That said, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it being your second choice or it being like no. a hard decision for some people or many people who write to me, they have, you know, either a husband who isn't sure or who doesn't want to do it or yeah. a mother-in-law or a mother who is very opposed to it and they are, you know, sharing their exciting announcement and then there's like this almost like a threat situation of right. like, I'm scared for you. There's a ton of fear and stigma around adoption and I would say it's probably probably a hundred times better than when my grandma was, you know, my age, but it's still a real thing. And there's still tons of education that needs to happen. And that's probably like the main reason why I love to share our adoption story, because although it's not perfect, it's a really hopeful, beautiful, magical time in our life. And there's nothing that's happened that's like adoption doesn't cause problems in our life. It's only like brought you know, hope and beauty. And, you know, it really like created our family. How was it when you saw Nova for the first time, for instance? Like, how did that feel for you? (sighs) That that must have been like, did you feel a little bit like I'm expected to have this emotion or did you know it was there? Like, that's a lot of pressure for people. Like, I almost feel like you can equate it to so many different things in life with like the idea of like, I know I'm supposed to feel a certain way here. Or is there even a right way to feel? Did you feel that pressure or were you just like, whatever happens. So I'll share like a little bit about like how our two different adoptions were kind of different in terms of bonding. I've never shared this before. So it's kind of, but here um, first. (laughs) Yeah. So when we adopted Nova, it was my first child. Like I had a huge hole in my heart that just was waiting to be filled. I was wrecked for a good part of the 18 months we were waiting. I desperately wanted to be a mom. And then when we first met her, she attached to my husband and rejected me for like about two months. It was like pretty bad. Okay. So, and that's like a normal experience that happens. Like it's pretty common because it's like sort of a defense mechanism for Mm -hmm. the child to Mm -hmm. like choose one safe parent and then one parent to reject so that they can kind of like get out their trauma and their feelings, but they still have a safe place. Um, And I knew that, but it was still hard. It was still like, it was both, you know, like so much compassion, but also like I was crying in the bathroom a lot. So I felt like when I met her, like, you know, there's just this enormous, like, gap in my life that I was so excited. Like, I was so excited to just become a mom. And, like, I had no reservations about it. And I felt like I loved her. I can't even explain it before I even met her. Like, it mm. just was already there. All right, friends, let's take a quick little break to talk about one of today's sponsors, which is all about hydration. Because believe it or not, a lot of people end up dehydrated in winter months. Cold weather makes dehydration harder to spot, so you're less likely to keep refilling your water bottle. But Liquid IV is an easy, healthy fix for winter dehydration. One stick in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two to three times faster and more efficiently than water alone. Plus, you'll get the added bonus of vitamin C, B3, B5, B6, and B12. And here's the thing I love most about Liquid IV. They're on a mission to change the world. They've donated 2 million servings to date to places like Haiti, Uganda, Puerto Rico, and Nepal. 
With each purchase you make, Liquid IV donates a serving to someone in need around the world. So you get to do good and feel good. What is not to love? But Liquid IV is actually an incredibly fast growing brand. You can find them almost anywhere these days, anywhere from Costco to Whole Foods because they are a non-GMO, vegan, free of gluten, dairy, and soy all clean ingredients. And not only that, but this is one of my favorite things about them is that they are conveniently TSA friendly powder packets that are great for travel, preventing jet lag and altitude sickness. So they are incredible. What a great way to deal with dehydration. I know I'm someone who doesn't actually love drinking water on its own. So something like this actually motivates me to get hydrated. And you know what? We're going to make sure that you guys have a chance to grab some for your own on a deal, of course. So you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code papaya at checkout. That's 25% off any Anything you order at Liquid IV's website. So just go to liquidiv.com, enter promo code PAPAYA to save 25% and get better dehydration. Don't wait, start properly hydrating today. Yes, even in the winter time. All right, let's get back to the show. When we adopted our second daughter, it was so fast. We thought we would be waiting for like two to three years and we were waiting for two months. And then we were there that summer and we hadn't even been home with Nova for two years. And I didn't have a hole in my heart anymore, right? Like I'm a mom, like my heart's full as it can be. And I think a lot of people sort of have this experience on the second child, whether it's adoption or biological, it doesn't matter. But the second time I was like, who is this person like at first? And we were bonding, but also she was younger. She emotionally was a lot more like reserved and closed off for a long time, like six months. And so it was just like a totally different process. Yeah. And I I don't think either one of them is good or bad or anything. Like it's just like one was very fast and one was very slow and just different. So, but that did happen. It did eventually that bonding really did absolutely come through. Yeah. And it's been beautiful. I think on the second child, there was a tiny bit of grief, like mm-hmm. in letting go of like our family of three yeah. and this like special season, you yeah. know, that was very, very short for us, like a year. And then it was just like poof over onto the next phase of life. So yeah, it's been definitely like a trip and a big experience, but anyway, like, oh, they're so sweet. And it's, I think that's such a relation to so many people when it comes to like motherhood as a whole or parenthood. Like I remember having conversations, having a second child, not really feeling that same way as I did with my first, like my first, like you said, like your heart is so full. I remember just saying like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, I don't know how I'm going to love another baby. This feels like I'm at capacity. I don't get it. Like I, I feel protective. I feel like this is supposed to happen. Like I'm excited, but I just don't know that I can love them the same. And I remember my one friend sat me down and she was like, the thing is you always expect that you have to sacrifice a piece of your heart that you have in order to make room for something else. She's like, you're not giving yourself the opportunity to look at this as an expansion. Your heart will expand. Like just wait for it. You'll see it. And it's so instantaneous. And yet when my, I was pregnant with my son, I already didn't want a boy. And I was so bad to say, but I really didn't. I was so scared of having a little boy. I loved having like my girly little existence. Yeah, Everything was pink and sweet. And I remember being in the ultrasound and the tech was like, and there's the testicles. And I was like, no, like inside (laughs) of me, I was like, oh gosh, I just never wanted to have that word be in my vocabulary. 
excited. Like, I cannot <laughs> believe this is going to be my life. And I was just like, I remember coming home and just being like, okay. And I honestly didn't get excited about it until I started like planning his nursery and started like creating other things to get excited about because I just didn't know how to feel. And when people would talk about me having a baby again, I would be like, Gemma, who was like the youngest one at the time, but now my second born, like I was like, no, Gemma's my baby. Like Gemma's my baby. I had such a hard time. And yet when he came out, it was like, I felt like, and this is, it makes me, his birthday always makes me so emotional. He's almost 10 now because he came out. He was the first baby that I was like, I will enjoy this motherhood with because there's so much pressure for the first. And then it's scary transitioning to the second. And he came out and he was just pure joy. And he was like, out of all of my kids, like my soulmate child. Like he's my soulmate child. Like we used to non-verbally communicate when he was like a toddler. And he used to frustrate my ex-husband so much because he was like, I don't get this bond you guys have. I love that motherhood kind of surprises you in that way where like you feel like you don't have capacity for stuff and yet it ends up being so much more and you end up having so much more capacity and yet again like I'm now remarried and we're having this conversation again like having a child or maybe adopting and it just scares you but it scares you like do I even though I've proven this to myself three times now Mm -hmm. this question comes in again do I have capacity for more do I have capacity for more love do I have capacity to give more of myself Mm -hmm. into and I don't even think I've even shared that on here but it's currently like such a debate for us like it's So I'm 35 now. He's 37. I mean, it's scary, these Mm. things. And, you know, they talk about biological clock. And my husband's in my ear like, well, we could adopt. And I'm always like, like, it just everything feels so scary. And like a choice where there was some sort of, in a way, a lot of blessing around. I was so young before. And it was a little bit of a surprise. So you're kind of just like thrust into it. Like you said, with your second one, there was a bit of like, it's just sped along and it kind of goes. But I think that family is family in such unconventional ways. And it's very cool to watch a family. Man, I was just, I was telling you earlier, but when I was telling people I was podcasting with this week, my one friend who was like not a mom was so freaking stoked that I was like podcasting with you because Uh they just, people love your story and just like how much joy you've created around the subject of adoption. And it's been really cool to see. And I remember following you, watching you prepare for Nova. And it felt like- Thank you. That means so much to me. But just that buildup, like you were getting little toys in her nursery together. Like you could see that your heart was like so in love, even though she wasn't physically there. And so it just felt like it it really opened my eyes to how beautiful, beautiful, beautiful adoption is. Even I already knew it, but it is so cool to see people share their lives on social media that way. And I'm assuming like, have you helped a lot of other families with their adoptions as well? Yes, like anytime we get a message about someone's decision to adopt, it's, it feels like the most special thing that's mm. ever happened to me on this planet. It's yeah. very special. And it makes me so happy to be able to advocate for adoption because, yeah, there is still so much old stigma and leftover bias, but it's honestly like a lot of it's not even real. A lot of yeah. it is just regurgitating like yeah. the same scary stories mm-hmm. and people who just don't know enough people who have adopted. Mm-hmm. So it makes me happy that like through Instagram, we kind of, you know, share our life and a little bit normalize something that some people think is scary, but kind of for no reason. Yeah, again, like motherhood is scary. Life is scary. Right. Everything's scary. Like, I mean, motherhood is scary. Like I would never say motherhood was easy or any of those things. But I don't think that adoption is exponentially scarier than Mm -hmm. having a biological Mm -hmm. child. Absolutely. Yeah, that's such a good point. I do want to shift gears a little bit because you are not only just this badass mom with this really cool house and this OG blogger, 
but you are a businesswoman and like you talked about you created these apps but like I'm an actual user of the app so I film is one of my favorites that one's fairly new Mm -hmm. I only got that one last year but color story was one of the most user-friendly photo editing tools I've seen that gave people the option to get that creativity that they'd seen from so many other people online. You have to remember like a few years ago before we even knew what the word preset was, there was those who knew what to do on the internet and those who did not. There was those who owned a DSLR and were perfect at photography and those who had no idea what they were doing. You kind of bridged that a little bit. You made it very accessible for like the everyday that creator. that has happened and also just the advancement of iPhones oh, and, you know, so smartphones, great. like the cameras. Like if you just think like even five years ago, your pictures, it was not capable of doing oh, what gosh, it they were is so now. so bad. Like mm-hmm. our phones back then, like how grainy. Mm-hmm. And now it's cool to have grainy photos, of course. But back <laughs> then it was not, like it was not a cool look. And it was like, yeah. So explain each of the apps and kind of your heart behind creating them. And some of the, you've, now I have to ask this. On a color story, you have a filter that's a Jonas Brothers filter. Oh, yeah. Is it actually a collab with the Jonas <laughs> yeah, Brothers? Yeah, it's a real Stop. collab. Yes, we have one coming out this week with Kesha. <laughs> so like, occasionally we so do like cool. a celebrity collab. Yeah, and a few more hopefully this year. But yeah, the Jonas Brothers, they really did consult on their filters and they are so one cute. I love them. Ones. They're 80s it's one of my inspired. Favorite. Yeah. Yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, go through and tell us about the apps because I honestly, they're one of my favorite tools. Film, I really love because there were so many music options that were not like cheesy music options. Oh, thank you. So adding those in and being able to change speed of a video and stuff, it actually made videos like my scariest space ever. And I felt like <gasps> that app was so nice because not only could you edit the color of a video to suit your feed, mm-hmm. you could add music to it, you could change the speed of it. I remember when I first put one out and everyone's like, that was like so good. I'm like, no, like I... Totally did that in one app. And I was so excited because I was like, I'm such a noob when it comes to that stuff. Like, I don't know what oh, I'm that doing. Oh, makes me so proud. That's so cool. I do think that video is definitely like the future of Instagram yeah, and social I media. So I mean, and with TikTok now, you got to be able to make videos. Yeah. So I'm very, very proud of film and excited about it. So, okay. I guess we'll just explain. Yeah, break them down. One. Break them okay. down. Well, I'll start with film since we were already talking about it. So we created that one this past year with Zoe from Zoella. She is like, you know, famous YouTuber, mm-hmm. a badass lady. And she helped us so much because she's been in the video space since she was like a tween, yeah. like a little girl. And she really, really knows the space. So we did a lot of frames, filters. It's very Instagram story friendly yeah. because I think that more people should post videos on their feed, but everyone makes videos for their yeah, stories. Yeah, absolutely. So you can use it either way. You can just kind of sort of make it smaller if you want it to be on your feed and then, you know, the large story format if you want it to be in your stories. Yeah. And then a color story is our oldest app. I think it's around three years old now and it's got 14 million installs. It is our wow. special baby and we do uh, influencer packs with it. So it started off, we just wanted to do like a bright and colorful app because it was in the days when Visco was the main app. And so we just kind of wanted to do like the opposite of Visco when we first started it. And over time, 
we worked with different people with different styles. And now I feel yeah. like it's pretty much just reflective of however you want to edit. Mm-hmm. You can edit. Mm-hmm. We recently added like a brighten and darken tool in there. And it's gotten like pretty advanced and pretty fine-tuned. We also have a design kit which you can use to draw with brushes and add little stickers and washi tape. Yes. And yes. we're working on one right now that's sort of like word poetry inspired. Oh, like the little clippings of typewriter words. And then our new app is called Template, and it is an Instagram story template app, and you can do the frames and, you know, the cute little things, designs for your stories, add text, all of that. That's awesome. But also you can do those sort of like sliding pictures for your feed where they kind of like flow together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's really cool. What made you ever want, like, did you ever see yourself getting into app development? Like, do you have a history in tech or anything? Like, how did this happen? No, 100% no. I didn't even graduate college. I just started being a blogger for fun. And a lot of things in my career happened just like naturally based on like a hobby that became a business yeah Uh, like I think many people in the influencing community have sort of a path like that but with apps I found out that normal people could make an app which you know know apps weren't even around 10 years ago like it's been barely what seven years eight years since the app store launched like yeah so right because Instagram's about Six, seven years old. Is that right? Mm. Yeah, I found out that you could do one. And then we started making one. And I was like, well, let's just try it. And um, that was about six or seven years ago. We launched our first app. It was called A Beautiful Mess. And we retired it eventually because it just kind of got old and elderly. Mm -hmm. And it needed. And then we replaced it with a design kit, which is our free app that is sort of like our old app, but better. If you've ever seen words or graphic design on my photos, it's because I use the design kit. Oh. Yeah, every time. Anytime there's like quote words or anything on top of like a photo, that's 100% what I use every time. Yeah, it's so good. It's like so easy. It's so easy. It's so user-friendly. So that's like a small baby. Like how long did it take for the first one to come out? Like Beautiful Mess transition to a color story. I kind of forgot about a Beautiful um, Mess. Oh, yeah. I used to make, I think we all made like quotes on that yes. one. It was like when we all did little quotes on our Yeah, page. it yeah. was a while ago. The first one maybe took six months or a year to develop, Mm -hmm. and that's pretty typical. They usually take more than six months, less than a year. Okay, that's not that bad. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Well, I think that's really amazing. I Honestly, I think that it's one thing I always remind myself of when we see creators in this space. A lot of them are really good at holding information to their chest, and they're not very good at sharing it. It can be a really isolating space, and it makes a lot of people feel like it's not something they can do. But when we go back to the original blogging days and why we did it, it was instructional. We actually thrived on, like I did like dollar store crafts, but still. <gasps> we thrived on like DIY and teaching and sharing information. And then it kind of became a bit of like, back then we didn't have like numbers that gave stats to a lot of our blogs and stuff. Like we could see them, but we didn't really know what everybody else was doing until we had measurable success on a platform like Instagram. And then it got real and it felt like everyone started holding what they were capable of doing and not sharing that information. But you actually found a way to create business out of sharing. But beyond the business part of it, like I think it's awesome. You can freaking earn from that. But it actually creates accessibility for people in an affordable way. I subscribe to three of your apps. They cost me like literally a few bucks, like a month total. And I'm using them multiple times a week. It's actually useful stuff. And 
you know, it's worth that subscription, which is really nice because I've done the trials and I always keep them because, you know, we do the trials and you're like, eh, like how many apps do we download? And we're like, (laughs) I really, it looked so good. I thought it was going to be great, but you truly are a creator using your stuff. So when people see your feed and you're like, I love what you're doing and you're like, here's how to do it. And you know what? It's not even like a costly thing to do. It's such an easy, accessible way to do it. So like, I love that that's been your heart to, like, share. I really appreciate that. Each of our apps has definitely been inspired by what we feel like people are trying to do on Instagram or yeah. something that we think could help people, like, make it easier. Yes. Yeah. I used to, like, take my photos into Photoshop and draw with tablets on them back in the day, you know, to really? be able to do the things that the apps can yeah, do now. So I guess it is true. very exciting to be able to, like, bring something to people that's easier, it's cost less yeah you know absolutely well I really appreciate this whole conversation with you today well we talked about all the app names so let's repeat them again for the end we're gonna have them in the show notes as well they're definitely worth checking out like I'm actually can testify like I use them all and I have since the beautiful mess has been out so it's been a long time using them and I still love my presets and stuff but even like sometimes I like to add those like little heart confetti on like the front of my photos and like that's my only app that I can do that with is like color story app right so tell us where we can find you to follow along with your beautiful adoption story and your family and you're about to like go through a a total move which I'm assuming comes with like redecorating which is going to be so fun oh thank you and then tell us all the apps as well just so we have a little close off a little send off a little shout out yes thank you so much Sarah of course Um, okay so our blog is called a beautiful mess we also have a beautiful mess podcast that we just started a couple months ago and our apps are called a color story which is a photo filtering app no you for you Canadians (laughs) c-o-l-o-r a design kit which is a design app you can add text you can Mm -hmm. draw with brushes film which is a video app you can add filters music and frames to your videos and then template which is an instagram story template app so you can make your stories pretty or you can make those cute little sliding things for your feed Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for that one. That was going to be fun. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. You invited me into your home and it's so adorable and lovely. And I'm so glad we got a chance to meet. It's kind of surreal. I've followed you for a really freaking long time. So it's awesome. Thanks for everything you do. And thanks for sharing your story and like sharing it for all of the listeners too. I appreciate it. And I hope you guys all go and check out Elsie and everything that she is doing cool in this world. So yeah. Thank you, Sarah. No worries. Okay. Until next week, guys. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.